Moletool is the official sponsor of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Established in 1853, Moletool has grown to become a recognized leader in lubricant technology. Racing teams around the world have trusted Moletool to deliver the endurance and performance needed to compete at the highest level. Even if you're not racing on the track, Moletool's full range of synthetic lubricants will protect your engine against wear and tear of your daily commute. Stop by Universal Imports to purchase Moletool's line of products today. With a stuffy nose and all, <laughs> I'm back here from. I was in a, I was a week's vacation in Disney, sunny Orlando. Sunny Orlando, <laughs> except for last Friday, it wasn't very sunny. It was 40 degrees, and that happened to be the night that we did the Disney villain night at Magic Kingdom. It was 45 degrees, and the next morning I woke up with a cold. <laughs> At first, I was convinced I had the coronavirus, but my wife talked me <laughs> talked me down. Anyway, we are here back at the Grease and Glamour podcast. It is the end of February. It is snowing lightly outside, and we're anticipating spring. And I'm here with my partner, Aaron Kane. Hello. And on the phone with us today, very special podcast today, because I've been wanting to talk to these folks for quite some time. But we have Emily Voss and Faisal Hassan from Carfax. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Good. Now, you guys are down in Washington, right? Yes. Sunny Washington, D.C., right outside. We're in Centerville, Virginia. And it's like, uh, what's what's the temperature down there right now? It's a little cool outside, actually, here. We've had two days of pouring rain, um, but we're supposed to have a nice weekend in the 50s. Oh, Oh. nice. It's like... 30 here it's really windy yeah yeah come on up to rochester you'll love it <laughs> gray old rochester the home well, of the president uh, the president of carfax actually is from rochester and he gets up there all the time to see his mom oh no kidding well we'll have yeah. to invite him over to universal Imports sometime um i'm sure he'd love to stop by <laughs> well certainly love washington dc around cherry blossom time that's a uh, Beautiful sight to see, and I highly recommend that for anybody who uh, who has never seen that. Um, Definitely, and it's coming up soon. Yeah, I know, like next month, so right? March. In March, usually. March, April. It varies on the year. Yeah. But it's been pretty warm this winter. So. When is when is usually the peak? Because I was just talking to my husband about it. Because I haven't I haven't seen it, so I want to go down. Oh. It's usually the first week of April, but as uh, Emily mentioned, it is warmer right now. So we start the Cherry Blossom Watch probably right after St. Patrick's Day. Oh, okay. So it was really cool. One year we were down in Washington, D.C., and we took one of these bicycle tours. Uh, So you go through the National Mall, and they stop you at all the, you know, the points of interest, the Lincoln Lincoln Memorial and the, mm-hmm. and the Veterans Memorial and all that. And we stop in front of the White House, and all of a sudden we start to hear this kind of rumble coming from the sky. And it was like perfect timing because we were right there, the back lawn, and these three choppers coming by. And two of them divert out, and then one of them has the president in it. And it lands in the back lawn, and the president gets out. And the guy who was doing the bicycle tour said, well, the reason there's three choppers is they sort of do like a – you know, one of these games where you don't know which like which them. chapter the president's in. So two of them fly away and one of them lands. So pretty cool stuff. Um, that is very cool. That's yeah, that was cool. awesome. And, and you know, uh, just to just to finish up on this Disney trip, wow, the things they're doing down there are in, are insane. Like uh, these new rides they have in the Animal Kingdom for the Avatar and the Star Wars. It's uh, it's just insanity. The amount of effort and money they've put into these parks and it and you know you pay a lot but i have to say it's worth it i mean Mm -hmm. they really give you an experience it's a lot of people you got to do a lot of dancing around crowds and stuff but they give you a pretty good show down there i'll tell you yeah that's pretty amazing just how consistent it's been over the last 50 60 years (sighs) 
I, I try to count Walt Disney. Uh, I try to count the money that they make, but you can't count it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but then I tried to count how much they have to spend to keep it going, and I can't count that either. So, right. <laughs> so anyway, a couple couple weeks ago, um, we had a couple sheriffs investigators uh, on the show, and we had really talked a lot about Carfax because we actually had um, some inquiries from customers as well as some. Uh, of our own personal experience of where we've had different car related fraud things that it turns out that, you know, th- there were so many different resources that, uh, that the police and, and, uh, law enforcement have to use. And one of the things that came up was Carfax. And it got me to thinking that we really should talk to Carfax because Universal Imports of Rochester, which is our company here in Rochester, New York, and sales and service of fine imported automobiles. Um, But we've been a Carfax dealer for uh, almost as long as Carfax has been around, it seems. Uh, We've been around, I think we've been a Carfax dealer for 20 years. I think you guys have been around for 30, right? Something like that? 35 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And we've been in business 35, and and. I think for 20 or 25 years, we've been with Carfax and it's the only vehicle history reporting uh, company that we've ever used. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, it'll probably be the only one we will ever use because we have experience with all the others and none of them report the way Carfax does. And I'm not just saying that because Emily and Faisal are on the phone. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> it's true. It is. And uh, so you know, we thought it would be a really good show to enlighten our listeners as to why Carfax is important, what goes behind, what happens behind the scenes at Carfax to, to to allow you guys to give us this information, what you have to go through to collect all this information so that we can click a button now and see whether a car has an accident, whether a car's been in a flood whether there's uh, odometer problems, whether there's recall problems. Um, you know, one of the things I love with Carfax, even though we don't really have to use it much, but uh, like the Lemon Law buyback program that a lot of car manufacturers have, those cars get resold to people. And in some cases, if the dealers that are selling them are not very upfront and forthright, they may be selling cars that had lemon law buybacks without telling somebody or sugarcoating it or something like that. And that's always been something that I've always wanted to make sure our customers know we don't touch those types of cars. We don't, and, and cars that have had accidents and that sort of thing. I mean, accidents can be anything from a shopping cart hitting it to, you know, a Malachi crunch. Uh, and now Carfax is even to a point where they, they can even, decipher not just that the car's been in an accident, but the type of accident, the severity of the accident. So we thought we would get you guys on the phone and you could tell us a little bit and let's start just with like accident reporting. What goes into the sauce as to how you guys come up with that data? I think it's interesting because I'll say just personally, I've been here about seven months now. So as a consumer, I've known Carfax for years and used Carfax. And I think you don't necessarily always think about the secret sauce of what of what makes Carfax Carfax. I think we take it for granted, like, okay, here's this vehicle history report with this information here. But really, at the core of it, it's just been, it is a relentless pursuit of data. We have 23 billion records, 112,000 sources. And it's really hard to even wrap your head around those numbers. But um, we're constantly adding sources and constantly adding information. And when you think about the number of vehicles on the road and um, the fact that the average vehicle history report has 26 records on it, um, and that can include service or damage or titling or all sorts of different things um, that a vehicle sees in its lifetime. And I think that kind of is the secret sauce is that there is just this like relentless pursuit of data. I think that's at the core of the business. And Faisal's been here a lot longer than I have, so I'll let him speak a little more on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been at Carfax 20 years, you know, very blessed to have been part of this, you know, disruptor mentality where we wanted to make sure buyers and sellers of used cars both had the information they needed to make a decision. 
And the number one thing they want to know about is damage information. And Carfax by far has the most damage information. And we started this when we pioneered vehicle history. You know, the very first data points we we had our hands on back in, in uh, 1986 was branded title data because we knew dealers and consumers, that was their number one thing. You're going to buy a car. You're going to put your family in it. Your, your kid's going to drive it to college. You're going to spend 10000 20000 of your hard-earned dollars. You want to know that's a safe car that's going to run well for a long time. So getting that data uh, from all of these sources to build the picture of the car is just really crucial when you're making those decisions. Right. And, you know, I I can think back to when we started with Carfax and when the initial sort of, you know, history would come out, it would say if a car was in an accident, it would say accident damage. It wouldn't really elaborate too much on it. It would, you know, in the early stages, they could they could pick out and report an accident. Now you look at a Carfax and it's wonderful for us. It It is such a great resource for, for dealerships and for consumers that are very concerned about seeing the picture of what this car's life was up to this point. And now we can see if the accident was just the front bumper, just the left side, mm-hmm. the, if it was multiple panels, um, they, they go into minor, uh, minor damage, major damage, um, airbag deployment, all of those sort of things. So we've really watched Carfax grow over the years to where now you've, you're pretty much just feeding us everything we need to know. And I'm assuming that you see that even going further in the future. There's going to be even more data points that you can, you can point out to us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're, you're exactly right. 20 years ago when we were first bringing in our, our pieces of the damage world or, or service and repair data, that data is very, very difficult to work with. And so it took us time to, uh, bring in more data and be able to determine, okay, this was a point of impact. Okay, this car actually hit a deer. Uh, the airbag deployed. It was towed from the scene. Uh, you know, the, the, here's the severity. Here's how much it costs to repair it. Um, it. We really want to close the loop on all that because buying a car that's been in an accident is not a bad thing. Right. The real key is, is the consumer needs to know. They need to know the history of that car so they can make an informed decision and, and decide whether they want to buy that car or not. So you, you guys actually, too, have, have recently come up with even like a car may not have been in an accident, but it will list like other other damage. So we can see like car wasn't in an accident, but it has damage to the front bumper, which really helps us because when we're buying cars at auctions, especially, I mean, we can then go look at the condition report at the auction and see, okay, well, there's a, there's a slight dent there. So it's not necessarily an accident, but it really helps us in the long run because we can, we can see exactly what you guys are. are Yeah. And let me elaborate on that, Aaron. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, customers will ask us, so, um, Emily and Faisal, one of the things that we do here at Universal Imports is, and our specialty really, is that the cars that we primarily sell are cars that we don't even have here. We're talking to our customers, finding out what they want, and then we're going to find that exact car. If they want a an orange Audi with red seats, well, if they make it, we'll find it. Um, I don't know who would want that car, but um, there's someone out there, I'm sure. Uh, but... We will often do that. We'll look at the Carfax and we'll try and correlate that to the condition reports that the auctions give us. And when the Carfax may say it hasn't had an accident, but it does have minor damage reported to the front. And then we see on the condition report that there's uh, a, a chip or a ding out of the front bumper. We go, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's what was reported. Um, so we have... Because of Carfax and because of these other tools that we have that the auctions are using, and Carfax even partners with the big auction groups as well, um, we have all these resources that when we buy a car, and sometimes we are buying these cars sight unseen, we have strong confidence because of our partnership with Carfax, because of our partnership with the auctions and with the car manufacturers, that we know what we're getting before we even see it. Yeah, I mean, isn't that really the key to anything, uh, that an informed consumer knows what they're getting? And th- that's where vehicle history comes into play. Right. Yeah, 
a consumer, you know, you might buy a car that's been in an accident or or has you know a new transmission, but you have a right to know that up front so you can make that decision. Right, because another issue that a lot of people don't think about is even though an accident may not necessarily speak to a diminished integrity of the car, it could speak to a potential warranty issue. So let's say you buy a car, you think it's under warranty, it had an accident, something goes wrong, you take it to the dealer and say, sorry, we can't warranty this because this fender's already been hit. Um, you know, so it's important to know those things and know I'm going into it. And I, I like how you said that. I mean, a car being in an accident isn't necessarily a reason to stay away from that car, but you need to know what was the accident? How was it fixed? Is the person selling you the car going to stand behind that? Uh, is it going to affect the warranty in any way? All of those sorts of things need to be ironed out before you enter into a deal with a car like that. And we looked at some data earlier this year, and we know about 40% of vehicles on the road have an accident or have some sort of damage. So that equals 110 million cars on the road. That's a significant number. And the average impact on retail price, though, can be about $500. So if you are buying a vehicle, and you might be fine that it was in an accident, but if you don't know it was in that accident, you can end up overpaying. And if that vehicle had a severe accident in its past, that that can impact value by thousands of dollars. And so you don't want to end up overpaying either. It doesn't mean that the car is not a great car. You just want to be sure that you're paying the right price for it as well. Right. Hey, uh, Faisal, uh, the first accident reporting on Carfax, was that strictly from insurance companies? No, the first accident reporting was actually 1986, 10,000 title brand records from the state of Missouri. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, the, our found, the founder of Carfax, when he came up with the concept in 1986, he felt like the only way you can get damage information was to go to the state DMV and get the title brands. Interesting. Okay, so that was the first way. And then after that, I would imagine it moved into either police reports or insurance, uh, insurance, his, uh, insurance data. Let me give you a different picture. So we uh, we put up a picture of a car when I joined the company 20 years ago, and we were still a very young company. And we said, what are all the things that could happen to a car? And we, we had a whiteboard, and we were just drawing lines. You know, car gets built, car gets shipped to a dealer, car gets its first owner, car gets an emissions inspection, car gets into an accident. And then from an accident, we said, okay, who touches the accident? And, you know, there there's so many people who might touch an accident or, or talk about damage that we created a roadmap to those uh, tens of ways and, and pursued all of them, um, you know, from publicly available data to working with insurance companies, collision repair shops, you name it. Anybody who potentially was going to touch that car during the, the damage process, the repair process, the total loss, the recycling, parting the car out. Think about all those different things that can happen. Yep. And so over time that has just gotten easier to access because of technology. So now we, now you have a, a better way to communicate, not only with public records, insurance companies, but now also with shops and not even big dealerships, uh, which it probably was easier to deal with big dealerships at first, but now you can even get down to the little shop owners. Um, so I, I think the word easier is, is one I've never encountered in my <laughs> 20 years here. It actually has never been easy. It's as a matter of fact, it, it, even though technology has advanced, doing what we do is incredibly difficult. The data is incredibly fragmented. It, it, it exists in so many different places and so many different formats. It's really the, the credit goes to not me being able to go out and talk to someone about you know, sharing VIN level about the metal with Carfax. It's really more about the, the people in Carfax, the people down in, in our data center in Missouri, our data services team, who are just like these amazing people who can take data from 112,000 different sources and be able to format those in a way so that if Pennsylvania calls something junk, but California calls it salvage and Florida calls it something else, they can bring it all together so that no matter where you are, you can understand what it means data continues to be more and more difficult 
And in today's world, with so much data being created every single second, it just becomes more and more difficult. We're hiring data scientists and you name it to make this data understandable by consumers. Well, and, you know, and not to uh, not to not to scare people, but and not to, uh, you know, make everybody just be so suspicious about everything. But when you talk about how one state might perceive a title uh, versus another, I mean, that is there. Unfortunately, I have run across this uh, early on that there are there are people out there that will as technology advances. So do the so do the criminal activity. So they they know how to uh, launder these titles. I mean, they'll buy cars in one state, launder them through three or four other states so they get a clean title. And that's why it's so important to work with a company like Carfax. And the proof in why what you do isn't easier, and that's a was a good explanation, is you're the only ones doing what you do to the level that you do it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, if it were easy, there'd be 20 companies doing this. Very good. I, your last statement is right. And, and you know, not, not fluffing our feathers, but this is really hard. And we have an amazing group of people. We do, we're a data company who does vehicle history. That is our core. That is what we do. And, and it is hard. You're right. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. So now let's talk about something that comes up that becomes a potential, well, it probably not only propels Carfax in such a positive way, but I'm, I'm sure it only made your life harder for a while. And that is Hurricane Sandy. So now you get Sandy, which was one of the biggest hurricanes to hit an area with a huge population, a huge population of automobiles. And now you have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of cars in a flood situation. And so this is where I noticed when Sandy came, this is where I noticed people still today ask about the concerns for flood. Uh, how did you, how did you manage through that period? Well, I mean, we, so we learned from prior hurricanes, Katrina is probably the best example, the most devastating uh, hurricane the U.S. had seen in a long time. It, de it devastated uh, the coastal state, the Gulf Coast states, you know, New Orleans. We, we all know what happened there. And we knew the insurance companies, the departments of motor vehicles, they were all struggling. We learned from Katrina, we created a partnership with FEMA, uh, the, the DMVs, with uh, the insurance companies, the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Uh, we, we did everything we could because we knew that a lot of those flood cars were getting shipped out as quickly as possible. And so all our experiences with Katrina, we went and we applied those to Sandy. We've applied them to other flood events, the ones in Houston over the last few years, the ones on the North Carolina coast. So we've been able to react fairly quickly working with our partners. You know, the DMVs have learned a lot, the insurance companies. And they know the value of getting that data into the Carfax database so the bad guys can't get those cars out of there and do something with them. Right. Yeah, we see nationwide, just to put this into some context, about 408,000 flood damage vehicles on the road nationwide. And we know about half of the vehicles damaged in floods end up back on the road. So I think when we look at the numbers through the years, too, we, we analyze this down to the city level. But when you look at it from the state level, um, you do see at the top of the list, Texas, Florida, some of the states that you traditionally think um, to be a little more waterlogged, but we're seeing a rise in some of the other states. Um, Wisconsin had a huge rise and 68% increase in 2019 versus the year before. California, we see huge numbers. They've made the top 10 list this last year for the first time, and that's a list you don't want to be on. But I think that some of these states, you know, the the con men are getting smarter, and I think the consumers maybe in some of the states where they see the hurricanes more um, often are, are wising up. And so the con men are moving these to, to Illinois, to New Jersey. We're seeing some of the, the other states in the top 10 list aren't necessarily the states you think of that would be getting flood damaged cars. Now, for, for consumers like who maybe aren't too familiar with Carfax, will it say directly on there that the vehicle was in a flood? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll tell you if it wasn't a flood, we'll, 
We'll let you know if the vehicle was totaled as a result of the flood. You know, some vehicles have water damage that may not result in a total loss, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll let you know if it has flood damage and it resulted in a total loss. And understanding uh, water that goes into a car, you know, salt water is a lot more devastating to a car than, say, fresh water, depending on where it got into the car. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But yeah, absolutely. That is absolutely key. And, well, and I'll tell you a story of a consumer we um, had just interacted with a few months ago. She reached out to tell this incredible story. Her husband and her had bought a vehicle. They were looking for like a specialty vehicle and they bought it in Michigan. They lived in California. It only had a couple thousand miles. They fly out to Michigan. They drive it off the lot. They get two hours away. It breaks down on the side of the road. While they're waiting for the tow truck, she decides to pull the Carfax. And she said they had talked about it before, but they hadn't done it because it only had a couple thousand miles. When she pulls the Carfax report, it shows that the it was branded as a flood vehicle in Louisiana. Oh, jeez. And it, when it only had 10 miles on it. So even though a vehicle might only have a small amount of miles on it, doesn't mean it couldn't have been sitting on a dealer's lot somewhere when a hurricane hit mm -hmm. um, and ended up, and it had been title washed, as you said, the title had been cleared. And so by the time it got to Michigan, um, it didn't, it didn't show up on the titles they were given, but when on the Carfax report, it showed that at 10 miles, it had been flood branded in Louisiana. So, you know, at the, at the end of the day, and Aaron and I were talking about this before the podcast, and this is that, we just experienced, uh, you know, we were looking for a car for somebody and we found a vehicle that had a 1500 miles on it. It's a year old. And just for the sake of this, this conversation, we'll, we'll call it a Honda. And it was sitting at a Hyundai dealer and we're scratching our heads going, why is this car only got 1500 miles on it? It's not at a Honda dealer. So it's not a demo. It It's not a group that has a Honda dealership. Something doesn't jive. Now that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with this car. It may be perfectly legit. There may be a million reasons why it's there uh, uh, legitimately, but there's also that many reasons to raise your concern a little bit and do a little bit more digging because, you know, I, I would prefer to sell a car that's one years old with 12 or 15,000 miles on it or two years old with 24,000 miles on it because that's kind of the norm. When you see cars that have, very, very low miles to their age or, you know, those kinds of things. It doesn't mean you should not buy that car. It doesn't mean you shouldn't even, con that you shouldn't consider it. You should just, that's where you really need to pull these types of things and, and find out. Because at the end of the day, what we find out is that when something's too good to be true, it almost always is in this business, probably in, in right? anything that, in life. Yeah, I mean, I was right. just going to say the same thing. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, it almost <laughs> always is. You know, the the one of the things that we were talking about when we had the investigators here was the there was a, a person in Texas who bought a car online you know, sight unseen from a dealer in a different state that he had never actually even talked to and wired the money, $30,000 for a car that should by rights have been forty-five dollars to $50,000. So that, there's your first red flag. You're buying a car for fifteen dollars to $20,000 less than you should be buying it for from someone in a different state that you've never even talked to. And this person even wired the money through that he got a loan through his bank and they wired the money to this guy. It was an overseas scam operation. This guy is out the money. He's not getting it back. And they probably will never find the organization overseas that's that are pulling these scams. So the the public service message is too good to be true, mm -hmm. especially in the car business. It, it, it probably is. is. Um, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then going back to, to floods, not all flood damage cars are from an actual flood because we've seen here in Rochester, New York, we don't have too much of a concern for floods. We've got, we're near Lake Ontario, but, uh, unless your car is like within feet of the shoreline, you're going to be okay. Um, but we do have you know, sunroof drains and stuff like that that can plug up and then water can get into the floor of the car where on a lot of these cars, the computers sit. Those computers can get just sitting in water over time. They start to corrode. The computers can be damaged. 
and that can be thousands and thousands of dollars worth of repair. Uh, it also, once you get some of those carpets and the padding underneath the carpets wet, that's when you run the risk of having mold problems and those sort of things. So um, not sure. every flood car is from an actual flooded weather event. It could be sunroof drains are plugged and water gets in the car that way, and that car can then be totaled or repaired under insurance as a flood-damaged vehicle. Well, when we buy cars, too, from the auction, I mean, we do our due diligence and we look at the car facts and we, I mean, we look at it multiple times and go back and forth. But when we get cars here, the first thing we do is we put our heads into it and we make sure that there's no, you know, there's no smoke smell and no mildew smell too, because I mean, that could run us problems too. Well, I'm the world's pickiest uh, smoke smell person. If I even, (laughs) that's, that's the first thing I go for is making sure the car smells good inside. But yes, it's it's uh, smelling that musty smell, or I mean, obviously a smoke smell just means the car's been smoked in. But uh, we try to stay but away. Sometimes from- too, like we've seen where they put the strong air freshener in there so that it covers the musty smell. Yeah. That should be a red flag yeah. too. That's something else to look for. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's all those kinds of things that you look out for. I know. Like we oftentimes when we shampoo carpets and stuff like that, we have to keep the doors open for twelve hours to let to let everything dry because if it doesn't dry right it could smell for months in there if if you get the carpets wet so got to be always careful about that um you know there's obviously a lot of other things that carfax is good for beside accident damage beside flood damage we also have something that people almost don't think exists anymore and we're going to get to recalls because that's another huge area but let's just talk for a minute because i was taken back a little bit and I was surprised that it took me back because I've been in this business for 30 years. But odometer rollbacks are still a thing. Uh, and I actually, and I think a lot of people would have thought that by now, with everything being digital, it would be, I, I will say not impossible, but it would be nearly impossible to roll back these cars with all the technology and all the digital science it's in these cars it's not like the old days you could take the odometer you know it was a analog um mechanism back there you could do whatever you wanted with it and put it back in and even now with them being electronic yes you can plug a scan tool in and potentially roll back an odometer that way but that's still not super easy uh, although i'm sure that there's criminals out there that have figured it out but Carfax is saving people from odometer rollbacks as well. Maybe you guys can speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we estimate about 200,000 cars have some sort of odometer manipulation done each year. So um, total, that's about 1.6 million vehicles on the road. Um, and it is, I don't think most of us realize that it is easier a lot of times than it was with the analog. And I, and I think that that's something that, um, everyone should be aware of. I think it is something to look out for. And if you are looking at a car and the mileage doesn't add up or there's inconsistencies or you take it to a mechanic and they look at it and they say the wear and tear doesn't match the mileage they're seeing, I mean, it, it is something to at least have on your radar when you're used car shopping. And, and I'll tell you, digital odometers, when they're tampered with by using software and, and you know, you can go to YouTube and see how these guys do it. It's pretty amazing. You can't tell if it's been tampered with. You know, back in the day, in the 70s, you know, if my dad bought a car at auction, his mechanic could tell immediately if somebody had gone in and messed around with the odometer. Oh, yeah, right, right for sure. Scratch things up. Yeah, I mean, today you can't. If somebody goes in and, and uses software to, to change it, you really don't know unless you're running a vehicle history report or, or getting uh, yeah, that inspection that tells you, oh, geez, you know, this wear and tear doesn't match up with the numbers. Now, what what about in the case where, like, say, you know, a vehicle gets registered and, like, the DMV accidentally puts in, like, an odometer reading um, that's, human that's a error. little bit different. A human error. Or, like, you know, in the shop, the guys put in an odometer reading that's, that's not correct. What, I mean... You can you can probably tell, but for a consumer looking at it, I mean, what what should they what should they do? I guess. Yeah, so we refer that to that as fat fingering. Uh, you know, you go in for your safety or emissions inspection, and 
he's got 10 cars waiting to go through and he's in a hurry and he's just putting in or he rounds up. Uh, th that's usually what we see is, is they round up. The great thing about us, uh, about Carfax, is we get so many odometer readings in an average day that we're able to actually create mathematical models as to what is a real rollback, you know, where someone's trying to defraud somebody versus what's a fat finger or, or where someone has rounded up. And, you know, we've tested that over time. And because of all these sources that are coming in, we feel pretty good that we're you know, what we're reporting is pretty well refined. So if you're a consumer and you're worried that something doesn't seem right, you know, look at the Carfax report. Look at the actual odometer, what it says on the uh, on, on the uh, dashboard. And I think that you can compare those two and get a pretty good sense of whether this is real fraud or, or if somebody just fat fingered something and they got reported wrong to Carfax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know when I look at the Carfaxes and we see some of those fat finger type mistakes, the little Carfax guy comes on there and he says, this might have been an error from someone mm -hmm. at the <laughs> at the dealership or uh, it was just entered wrong. Because, you know, I think as Emily pointed out when we had a separate phone conversation, she said, you know, odometer rollbacks, they're not going to be a couple hundred miles. I mean, if someone's going to go in and bother rolling back an odometer, usually it's going to be something significant. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see yeah. a difference between 10 and 20 or 30,000 miles potentially. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, so odometer rollbacks, accident damage that we, we've covered that stuff, flood damage, we covered that. Uh, and you guys are doing a tremendous job with that. I mean, truly, I, the, the reason I was so excited to have you guys on the show is that you really do play a big part in our success as a company um, because we can really feel good about when we sell someone a car, not only do we use our own methods of making sure the car is in good shape, but having that Carfax on top of it is just such, it's not, it's more than the icing on the cake. It, it gives us a whole nother level of complex checkover. Um, but it really adds to the success of being able to hand someone a car and go, we know this car, we are 100% confident in it. And therefore we can warranty it properly and do all of those things. So we do thank you for, for that. Um, Welcome. It's, it's a pretty powerful thing, isn't it? When consumers and dealers feel empowered, right? When somebody comes to buy a car from you and you can say, hey, we've inspected this car, we've taken it for a test drive, and we got a vehicle history report on it. I mean, what that does for a consumer is pretty significant in terms of just the relationship they have with dealers, the way they look at dealers going forward. So that's pretty cool. There's nothing worse than buying anything without confidence. Uh, and I always, you know, sometimes it's easy when you're in this business to potentially take things for granted. I mean, we're, we're buying cars all day long. So to us, it's just our job. And, but we don't ever lose sight of the fact that the person we're buying the car for is buying a car maybe once every five to 10 years. This is a major milestone in their life. So we don't ever take that for granted, even though we're doing this all day long, every day. And what sometimes seems like a big deal to, to a consumer isn't a big deal to us. We always try to put ourselves in their shoes. And oftentimes I've been accused of acting so excited about a car that we just bought for someone where they go, boy, you're more excited about this car than I am. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just what we love to do. And we love to put ourselves in the, in the shoes of the consumer. And so therefore when we call them and say, Hey, we found you a great car. We know we have the support of companies like Carfax behind it too, to really just be 100% confident about it. That being said, we do have to talk about something that is, you know, and, and over the last few years was a really major issue, and that was recalls. And, you know, primarily over the last five years, the, the big problem was the airbag recalls, the Takata airbag recalls. Um, are you, so first, the question I have is, are you seeing that wean? I mean, that should be starting to phase down a bit. I would imagine those cars are getting satisfied now. Um. I, mean, I wish I had a better answer for that, but n no. I mean, we're still seeing about one in five vehicles on the road has an open recall. Um, and that's a concerning, alarming number. A lot of those are safety recalls. Um, and 
you know, we're doing what we can to help raise the awareness. We do have a car care app where you can put your vehicles in. We'll let you know when there is a recall, if there's a remedy available. Um, it's a, we have free recall check. I mean, we're trying um, to offer as many things as we can to consumers to raise that awareness. I think, you know, the manufacturers send you a paper notification in the mail, but how much mail do we all get these days and how much are we opening everything? And I think there is um, – we need, you know, there's there's other ways we need to reach consumers to let them know, to let car owners know. Um, I can speak for myself. I um, pretty much throw out anything in my mail that right. <laughs> doesn't look like I have to open it the second. Um, and so I think um, there are other ways we can reach it. We're seeing um, we have a vehicle recall recall search service. And I'll let Faith will talk about this more, but I think there are are some states, um, some state DMVs that are really getting involved in trying to reach out to consumers to help solve this problem and make our roads safer. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are about, we, we project there are about 53 million vehicles on the road today in the United States that have open recalls. And it's not necessarily that, that cars are badly made. A lot of these recalls actually get recycled where, like you take the Takata airbag, you know, they made, the, a lot of the OEMs were very aggressive in making the fix but it was a temporary fix. Right. Uh, and so, you know, they had to go out and do a second uh, recall uh, to get these cars. And, and so a big part of it is what Emily said, is getting people to pay attention. And so we've been working very closely with the manufacturers to look for the best touch points. And what we found over time is the best touch points are the departments of motor vehicles, insurance companies, financial institutions, because those seem to be the, whether it's paper or email, the ones you pay attention to. When my DMV sends me a letter or an email, I always open it, right? right. When my bank sends me an email or a letter, I always open it. When I get an ad, and I love dealers, right? You know, there are most of the dealers we work with, the majority of them are fantastic. But when I get multiple advertisements from, say, I have a Honda Civic from multiple Honda dealers in my area, I always feel like they're they're trying to sell me something. And and if I'm it's time for an oil change, I'll look at it. And and so we've been trying to help the manufacturers find different touch points. The Carfax Car Care app is is a fantastic thing. We've got 14 million people who use it. It's completely free. They put in their VIN and we track their service repair, their recall history. We tell them when they need a recall. You know, we're we're echoing what the manufacturer is already trying to tell them. That's a that's a great tool because not only is that a great tool for that customer at the time they own the vehicle, but it'll be a great tool down the line for the next person who's going to own that vehicle because that's, again, more data points that you can collect from. Um, exactly. Yeah, so that's very good. So tell us a little bit about that app. What What is the app? I assume you find it in the Apple store, in the... Uh, um, you can find it, yes, in any of the app stores. Um, it's called Car Care. Formerly, it was called My Car Facts. We actually just changed the name. So if you have the app and you're confused by hearing Car Care, it was yes. called My Car Facts for a while, but we just changed it to Car Care. Um, and it, it will tell you, it reminds you when you're due for an oil change. And it, it is really nice because if you have multiple cars in your family um, and they maybe they're from different manufacturers, I think, you know, there's a lot of different apps to track your cars these days. But what I, what I personally like about the Carfax app is that you can look at multiple cars in your garage and then it will tell you, you know, this X is due for an oil change now, this one's due in a couple of months, and it goes off of the OEM recommendations too. So that's nice. Um, it knows it's VIN specific information to your vehicle and also the open recalls. I, to me, that is one of the best features on it is to know um, you get notified immediately when there's an open recall and you can see whether the remedy is available or not. And when the remedy is available, you can reach out to your local dealer if you need to find a dealer. Um, the app can help you do that as well. Well, one of the things that uh, Aaron and I had been kicking around over the last few weeks is talking about how there are some inconsistencies in recall reporting. So sometimes they will blanket a recall, send it out to every, let's uh, hypothetically, we'll say, they'll send it out to every Mercedes dealer or, or every Mercedes owner, but only a certain VIN break of that Mercedes has the recall and so people will call us and go, hey, I have this recall on my Mercedes. We will actually physically call the dealer and check and they go, oh, nope, that one doesn't have it. Um, and so I do think that uh, what that should prompt people to do 
is they should get into a habit of periodically checking either now on this car care app, they should get that. If it's free, there's no reason not to get it. So folks out there, get that app. You can go to, there are state agencies for the DMV where you can, where, and uh, there's federal uh, recalls sites where you can put in your VIN number and it'll show any recalls as well as call your dealer and find out. Um, yeah, and, and, and I will I will tell you though, Mark, one of the benefits of the Carfax Car Care app is once you put your VIN in, you don't have to do anything. We babysit the VIN for you. And when it when you get a recall, we're contacting you immediately. You're getting an email. You're getting a, an alert through the app, so you don't have to go check it. Once you're you're in there, we we work with the manufacturers directly, and so every night we're getting new recalls. We're removing closed recalls, and and it's an ongoing process that we've put in place with the manufacturers over the last 20 years because we're helping them create those touch points, those real time alerts that are at a VIN level. Right. Your car, not every Mercedes, but your specific Mercedes has a recall. So, I mean, the manufacturers are, you know, letting you guys know when these recalls. I mean, how long does it does it take? I mean, if there is a a recall that comes up, does it does it take a little while to get over to Carfax or does it I mean, is it pretty quick? It's very quick. It's nightly. It's it's almost instantaneous. As soon as they add it to their system, they they put it in our system and the, the whole concept is we're going to have, you know, two, 300 million people look at our vehicle history reports this year. And, and the idea is all of those eyes are going to see that recall and hopefully direct someone to go and get it closed. You know, we're every day, uh, our, our 30,000 plus dealers, we're running their inventory for them every day, alerting them, whether it's, it's off brand or not, that, Hey, the, here are the vehicles on your lot that have open recalls. Uh, the California, the New York DMV is a great example. New York DMV today, anytime you get an emissions or safety inspection in the state of New York, they're running that against the Carfax database. And if you have an open recall, it's printed right out on your receipt and they hand it to you and let you know that the state of Ohio runs their VINs against us to, so that they can let you know when you're re-registering your car that you have an open recall. So, so the, the concept here is to create those touch points uh, to get those recalls closed. Okay. So Emily, on the Car Care app, uh, if someone wants to purchase a Carfax, if a, if a consumer has the Car Care app and they want to purchase a Carfax either on their car or on a car they're looking for, can they purchase a Carfax from the app? Yes, you can um, purchase. Not from the, not car, from the app. No. There is a Carfax app that you can right. download to purchase As, reports. Okay. Um, the vast majority of our consumers, though, as you probably, you guys are probably aware, they're, you know, they're not necessarily buying reports. We're conv- we're trying to tell them to go to guy- people like you, right? Mm-hmm. right? Go get your car from one of our Advantage dealers. You know, they- they're trusted. They've already run the report. You know, we're, we're, if you are an Advantage dealer with Carfax, we're putting all your cars on, uh, on you know, AutoTrader, on our used car listing site, on, on all our partner sites. Because we want to help you sell that car and show that you have confidence because you put the Carfax report there. So what is really cool, we do offer a lot of resources for free. So not only the open recalls on car care, on our website, on Carfax.com, we have, um, you know, an odometer check, a flood damage check. So you can put in a VIN and be able to see um, if it has something in its history. Um, along those lines, we have a history-based value tool where you can um, put in where you are, license plate or VIN of a vehicle and it will give you what like a fair price for that vehicle would be um, in that area. So, and that's a free tool too. So we're trying, you know, to offer free tools um, as well as on the, on the um, Carfax vehicle history report. And you still, and you still have the, uh, you still have the, the Carfax buyback guarantee too, correct? The, the, um, the title branding uh, buyback guarantee. Right, and that's specific to branded titles. Right. Um, only. That's correct. Um, so we guarantee that if a vehicle has a branded title, a state branded title, um, that we would have that on the vehicle history report. So let me just take a minute um, to explain to our listeners what that really means. Okay, so, and and you'll, you guys will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so, Something that Aaron and I are always very watchful of is if a car has been 
a branded Lemon Law or buyback vehicle. What that means to you folks out there is that if a pre-owned car was was bought brand new, had a problem that could not be fixed in a proper amount of time, there are some legal sort of policy that, that has to go through protocol. A, cu- a consumer who bought that new car and it is not getting fixed to their liking for whatever the problem is, the manufacturer then would agree to buy that vehicle back. So that's why it's called a buyback. So they buy that vehicle back. Now, in a lot of cases, those cars, some of them get branded on the title as a buyback. Some of them, depending on the size of the repair or the situation surrounding it, they may not get branded. But let's assume for the sake of this, they do get branded. When that when that title is branded, the the dealer in or the or the manufacturer rather, in a lot of cases will make an attempt to fix it. In some cases, they won't, and they won't go to resell that car out on the consumer side of the market. They will then go sell those cars at auction. That's when some dealers will buy those vehicles, and they usually will buy them at a discounted price, knowing that they're buying a vehicle with a branded title. Now, hopefully. If some dealer is doing this and they sell it to a consumer, they are telling them, hey, this car is X dollars. It's you're going to save a lot of money, but it has a branded title for this or that problem. And then a consumer can make a decision whether or not they want to take that chance or that gamble. What Carfax is doing is allowing consumers the confidence of knowing that if they think they're buying a car that does not have a branded title, they are backing that up saying that if this car did have one, we would know about it and we would tell you about it. Would that be the correct statement? That's correct. If there's, if a vehicle has been branded by a, a state that should have been reported to us. And that, that is our buyback guarantee that if we miss that, we, right. we, buy back the car you know, and, and, and hey look no no guarantee is good if you don't if it doesn't mean anything so we do occasionally buy back a car i mean we i've been here 20 years we bought back a few yeah I, I mean it's a it's a great extra layer of confidence and you know for me we've never bought a buyback vehicle uh it's not never been something that i thought was worth taking the chance on because not only do you not know for sure if the problem it was bought back for is truly fixed properly, but you also don't know now, like we talked about with some of the other things, the accident stuff, is the car still going to be warrantied the same way? All of those kinds of things are just extra layers of things to be concerned with. And, you know, one thing we like to do when we sell a car is not have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. We want to sell it and not ever worry. We like to sleep at night. Well, plus when we go to, when a customer goes to resell that again, I mean, right. the, the value is going to diminish. We actually, so we actually had a case years and years ago where a lady came in with a vehicle, um, wanted to trade it in. I ran the Carfax as I do with everything. And, uh, I had to go out and I was the one that had to give her the unfortunate news to tell her that I can't take her car in on trade because it is a factory buyback. And she didn't, know what that was she wasn't aware of it um and when i explained it to her fortunately for her she had went back to the dealership she bought it and they made good on it for her which which was good uh it definitely could have went the other way um and she still wound up becoming a customer here after that and i didn't have to take that car in on trade so. <laughs> There you go. But well, uh, our buyback guarantee is for any branded title. So if it's a flood brand, a fire brand, we'll, we're saying that we would have that on the vehicle history report. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's huge. That's uh, that's just a, a huge statement to you guys saying, hey, we know our product and we know it works. So, um, you know, if you come to Universal Imports, you know the 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 level of. Uh, that Aaron and I are going to go through when we look for a car for you, when we take care of your car in our service department, when we buy cars, we look at everything. We look at to see if, um, you know, if screws have been unscrewed on fenders, if, uh, if paint is cracked on hinges, any of that stuff. And once we're satisfied with all of that, and once we look at the paint and we make sure it's original paint, and if it's not, um, we're running a Carfax. We're running a Carfax on every car we buy. 
we have them all on file for every car that we've bought over the years and anything that we look at for someone before we even approach them with that car, we've run that Carfax. I couldn't even imagine, truthfully, buying a car without one. And so for you consumers out there, you should feel the same way. You shouldn't even consider buying a pre-owned car without getting a Carfax. And like we talked about on the podcast, an accident, some damage doesn't necessarily mean it's a terrible car or a bad deal. It's just important to know what you're getting. So you need to find a dealer such as Universal Imports, but there are many others out there that use Carfax and do like the Carfax uh, commercial tells you. Show me the Carfax, right? I don't know if that's still the tag, but is that still the tagline? Oh, yeah, yeah. couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Show me the Carfax. So there you go. We need to get some more of those Carfax stuffed animals here that we can uh, have underneath oh, yeah, the we desk. Got a few of those years ago. <laughs> Could be arranged. <laughs> well, is there anything that anything else you guys want to add before we kind of close things up here? I think we appreciate you having us on. It was a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. We usually yeah. close. We usually close the podcast with Erin's got a couple little news stories. I don't know if she's got any laid out for us this time. <laughs> I, do you? I do. Yeah. And then and then we all kind of go around and comment on them real quick. <laughs> Are you guys uh, still uh, game right. for that? Okay. Let's okay. go, Erin. Make all them right. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so General Motors um, autonomous vehicle is cleared for testing in California. The cruise automation unit can now carry passengers on public roads. The autonomous vehicle will be able to carry passengers as long as a safety driver is present. Cruise joins a list of five other companies that had autonomous vehicle pilot permits. San Francisco, where Cruise is headquartered, will be the first city where it will be launched. Well, I still freak out when I was on the thruway and saw someone in their Tesla putting on their makeup without their hands on the right. wheel. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, the autonomous thing is lost on me. I think a car is meant to be driven. It, and it's just, it's scary to think about, you know. Going to have a lot more Carfaxes well, yeah. uh, with accident reports on them, I think. <laughs> well, you know, in our in our car culture, cars are meant to be driven. But, um, you know, if you think about, uh, buses and, and different things like that. I think the technology is going to get stronger and stronger over time. And it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be just fascinating. I mean, we all get on planes, right? And we know that pilot's got it on autopilot, probably having a cappuccino. Right. And we all feel safe. Oh, but, uh, I thought he was white knuckling it the whole way, just like I, just like I was on my seat when I feel the turbulence. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> Right, but we don't have to, we don't see him doing that. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. <laughs> All right. My my next story. I'm sure we we may have heard of it before, but a woman whose hands were crushed and pinned while changing a flat tire on a rural rural road managed to call 911 after she used her toes to dial the number. This woman was replacing her flat when the jack slipped and the car fell, crushing both of her hands between the tire and the fender. She was unable to free herself and she wasn't visible to traffic, so she managed to remove one of her shoes and called for help. The whole ordeal lasts 45 minutes and left her with extensive damage to her hands. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Well, oh. I'm glad that uh, she didn't have the uh, the fingerprint thing on her phone oh. to get into her phone because that yeah, would have been, been terrible. <laughs> uh, Where was a, that? I mean, I'm glad she's uh, hopefully she's going to be OK, but it really just talks uh, about the, you know, a person's strength. Right. Yeah. To, to know, you know, to keep themselves calm to she sounds like an amazing woman. Yeah. It was on a, like a rural road in uh, South Carolina. Wow. Yeah. So wow. you can't do that in Rochester because you'd take your shoes off and your feet would be frostbit yeah, before you could dial anything. Yeah, time to sign up for roadside assistance. Yeah, too. Exactly. Sounds good. Yep, AAA, here I come. So, um, Faisal, Emily, I can't thank you guys enough for the time you spent with us. I, this is huge. Um, we have always been a huge advocate for Carfax, and I don't think it's going to be any surprise that we – um, really brag about your product uh, here at Universal Imports or on this podcast. And we just, we're always, this podcast is designed to bring this type of content to our customers and to other listeners that hopefully one day will be our customers. Um, you can visit us at universalimports.com for uh, any car uh, 
sales or service needs. We have a full body shop. We work with Carfax on a daily basis. And of course, if you have any questions for Emily or Faisal, you can you can email me or Aaron. You can email me, mark at universalimports.com. Or ekane, K-A-I-N at universalimports.com. And we can get those questions right over to Emily. And uh, and they'll, I'm sure that you guys will have no problem answering those. And we'll get back get back to our customers with any, with any questions they have. Um, you know, that being said, uh, you know, you also Carfax is doing some other stuff too. They have used vehicle search site. Uh, Is that also at carfax.com or is that a different website? Carfax.com. You can come look for vehicle and you can use some of the unique, um, vehicle history attributes that Carfax has as far as one owner vehicle, what type of use was it a, um, fleet vehicle was it personally used all that kind of stuff to filter down to to see what you're exactly what you're looking for I think are you also getting into or have you already gotten there where you're digging more into like the window stickers that the cars have or is that something that might be in the future for Carfax yeah no man this is one of the coolest things that we've been doing with the manufacturers is, you know, when you're going to buy a used car, being able to see that original window sticker is huge. It helps the value of the vehicle. It's fantastic. Dealers love it. They move used cars faster. When you can see the original window sticker, it's right there on, on the vehicle history report. You just click on it. We're, we're about to make it more prominent. Uh, We've got a number of OEMs who are working with us. We're trying to get all the rest to work with us here. Uh, it's a free program for the OEMs, but it is cool. It is so powerful to get to to see your uh, window sticker right there. And if if a dealer is a Carfax for Life dealer, it's even better because then the consumer gets the window sticker in their glove box and the Car, Car, Carfax Car Care app uh, forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. And, yeah, and and I will say I, it's worth mentioning all those vehicles on Carfax.com. If you're looking at the used car listings, they all come with a free Carfax report. Right. So you can see their vehicle history. Most of them have the original window sticker. I mean, so that's a great added value just to go there and be able to connect um, with local dealers who might have just what you're looking for. Uh, that's awesome. I, I can tell you that the window sticker thing for Aaron and I it saves mm-hmm. us so much work in trying to figure out some of the options because not everything is very obvious as to whether a car has this, that, or the other thing. Mm And, um, having that window sticker really saves us a lot of time. (laughs) So anyway, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope that you enjoy your spring to come down there in Washington. And if you get a chance, take a couple pictures of the cherry blossoms and send them to me. (laughs) <laughs> we will. <laughs> and if you guys are down here to see the cherry blossoms, let us know. Right. We'd love to have you come by the office. I, I will 100% take you up on that. Yes. If I get down to that area, I will be calling so that we can maybe go have dinner or something. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And uh, again, universalimports.com. If you have any questions for Emily or Faisal, for Aaron or for myself, uh, you can just uh, email mark at universalimports.com or of course you can call us at 585-381-8677 um, I'm going to let you guys go I've got a I, I'm always so bad at the uh, exit music I always forget <laughs> to I always forget to play it so I'm going to yeah I know it, and you know I get made fun of all the time for it but here it comes <laughs> so anyway guys thank you so much we'll talk to Thanks you again, again. soon right. take care bye-bye. Uh, bye bye see you later How cool was that? That was great. So Emily is the head of PR for uh, Carfax, and Faisal is actually, his title is General Manager of Data and Public Policy. Policy. So uh, these are two uh, pretty big shots there in Carfax in Washington, and it was really nice that they were able to give us some time. I learned stuff that, that I didn't know. And it would be so great when those window stickers come out on the Well, I think they're already... I think a lot of them are already there. Yeah. So let's start printing windows. I know. <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah. So, you know, what else? Oh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a couple really cool podcasts coming up here soon. 
um, as well as I'm actually going to be starting another podcast with Elevate Rochester, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So the, what formerly was uh, the Rochester Business Ethics Foundation is now Elevate Rochester, and oh. we are going to start beta testing a, a, a podcast That's about ethics in this area. Exciting! Yeah, nice. it's awesome. And I, we got involved with uh, Elevate Rochester or Raybeth um, last year when we were nominated for the uh, Rochester Just Business Ethics, ethics Award, yep. and. Uh, you know, through meeting a lot of awesome people uh, in that organization, uh, I am now on the the board of Elevate Rochester. And uh, the first thing I thought I could contribute is go, hey, I've got podcast <laughs> equipment and we can do a podcast. There you go. So, so That's we thought awesome. we'd do that. You know, lots of things to come. Oh, yeah. And uh, check out some of our previous podcasts. You know, Mario Andretti, uh, we talked about. We, uh, we talked to Mario Andretti, rather. Um, we, uh, did a cool podcast on the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Jeff Tyzik. Oh, Jeff Tyzik, Grammy award winner. Uh, Jeff Tyzik was on the show. Uh, and now we have an awesome podcast from, uh, Carfax. Carfax. Yeah. And I don't know how much more talking I can do before the song <laughs> is over. But I, we really need to time it out. I just know. <laughs> I just keep forgetting. I think so. it's coming up here. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, again, visit universalimports.com for all of your, uh, car needs and we will be happy to help you with anything that you're looking for and please share this podcast grease and glamour podcast with a friend mm -hmm. thank you and if you want carfax i mean we have carfaxes on all our cars too oh yeah so check and out we'll our even website. we'll even get you a carfax on a car you're looking to buy and yep. then we'll talk to you about why you should buy a car, car from us, us. <laughs> no, so anyway thank you very much until next time i'm mark i'm aaron have a good one